Good evening, everyone. This is B Rich, and you're now tuning into BSL Podcast. I have here a special, special friend with me. Um, this is more like a brother to me, a close friend. I've been knowing this guy since 2011. That's when we met. He goes by the name of Rock Mom Bird. Bird, call him a uh, little bird. Welcome to the show, man. Yo, what's up? What's up? So, uh, you know, here, be yourself, man. Of course, as everyone knows, ask a series of questions. And, you know, however way you feel about the questions or whatever lane you turn to, man, you just speak your truth. And as raw and uncut as you want to be, hey, man, you speak about you. For sure. It don't matter what you say, how you say it. It's your truth. And and damn what anybody else got to say or how they feel about it. All right? Cool, man. So for people that don't know you, man, just tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. All right. So, uh, I go by Rock a lot, but uh, my my real name is Rockmon. So it's pronounced uh, it's pronounced Rockmon, but it looks like R A H M A N. It's Arabic for a uh, merciful one. Uh, my father was Muslim, and that's kind of how I got it. But uh, born and raised in Southwest Oklahoma, lived in Hollis, Oklahoma. Uh means for 17 years man you know the country mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. dirt roads you know I lived on Main Street in Hollis mm-hmm. that was the corner of where I lived there man and literally probably like two blocks away was a dirt road mm-hmm. you know grew up on a dirt road man uh you know real humble beginnings real humble beginnings man uh, uh let me think man played sports did all that good stuff man got a scholarship went and ran track at Oklahoma Baptist did that whole thing, came to Oklahoma City, um, right after I graduated in 2013, got a little job, and just really, man, just been trying to figure it out ever since, man, been trying to figure it out ever since. Definitely, man. So the people who don't, um, who don't know about Hollis, have never been to Hollis, or it is in Oklahoma, so how big is <laughs> Hollis? About, Hollis Hollis about 1,500 people, okay. so we got like one stop, like, it's about, if people that don't know, Hollis is about... 30 minutes from Altus, Oklahoma. Altus, Oklahoma is on the way to Lawton. So it's about three and a half hours from uh, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, one stop light, country. Like it's about a mile radius. You know, real, real small, uh, real small town, man. It's about 70% Caucasian. Mm-hmm. I was about uh, to ask that too. Yeah, 70% Caucasian. Uh, I want to say about 10% black, mm-hmm. and then the rest is Spanish or Mexican. Got you. So got yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's like sixty percent Caucasian at this point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when I was there, that's that's kind of what the ratios were. But right, yeah, real. It wasn't. I ain't gonna say it was racist. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But you know, I'm sure there's racist people there for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so true. small country town, but it's about four miles from Texas. Mm-hmm. So we kind of was back and forth, you know, in between Texas and Oklahoma, which was kind of cool. But you know, it's just it's just country, man. Like. Really ain't a lot to do there, nothing but trouble. You know what I'm saying? Now, nothing. when you say we, who, who are you speaking of when you say we? Man, the people I grew up with, man. Like, my homies, my, my family. I had a couple of uncles that lived there and their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my uncles, man, he had a lot of kids and grandkids. And so, uh, <laughs> it was a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mainly speak of just all the people I grew up with, man. Because Hollis is small, man. You know, coming from a small town, like, you know everybody, mm-hmm. bro. So I'm just saying, just really, when I say we, I speak in totality of, like, Hollis. That's right. Like, yeah, we just, it's just Hollis, bro. It's just a, I mean, it's a, it's a good place to, I mean, it was a good place to grow up, you know what I'm saying? But it's home. It's right. kind of how I look at it. It's just home. Definitely, man. 
So did you um did you grow up in a single parent household? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. So I grew up with my grandmother, my mother, uh, my sisters were there. Uh, one of my my my, uh, my sister Brittany, her two kid, her two uh, kids were there. I had my nieces and uh She had two kids, and then I had uh, my oldest sister. Her two kids were there as well. So it was about six or seven. And my uncle uh, was in and out. My uncle Sean, he was kind of in and out of the household at any moment of time. It was like seven or eight of us there. Oh, huh. Yeah. Seven or eight people in one household. Yeah. How many bedrooms you speaking of? Man, that house, that house had actually had four bedrooms, though. Okay. So we, we wasn't like all on top of each other. That's still a lot of people. That's double. That's double. It's still a lot of people, man. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up, man, I tell my daughter this all the time. Like, man, I grew up just, uh, I ain't had no bed till I was like 12. You know what I'm saying? We used to, I mean, I could share a bed with my nephew Keanu. Me and him used to share a bed, but like, this little nigga was long, so I wasn't trying to sleep on the bed. Right. So I get the pallet on the floor and stretch out. So that's kind of you know how I grew up, really. So I heard you mention your sister, your uncle, uh, your grandmother, your mother. But I never, I never heard you mention your father. Nah, nah. My father was from uh, New York, so uh, my father, uh, I never met him. I'm mean, he's from New York, man. My mother, him, and my mother met at. Uh, at this place because my mother's blind so she 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 actually went to a car accident back in uh i don't remember exactly what it was, it was like 88 87 she had a uh, real bad accident she went and she uh, ended up losing her sight and my father he uh he was in the same institute because he actually this is a story i heard he got stabbed in his back mm-hmm. by somebody because he was cheating mm-hmm. he was kind of that's just kind of dude he was you know what i'm saying he was just kind of a player type dude this is the story I, this story i story i know yeah yeah so he ended up losing his sight so he had to go to this place in arkansas and uh, that's where my mother went well after she her accident this was kind of like a community of blind people where they would uh you know they would pretty much live the rest of their life and in this place they would teach them skills and like the, the state and everything would pay for it and this is where um like all of them went basically and they that's how they met there he was kind of like temper he wasn't like blind blind he was just kind of like legally blind mm-hmm. so like he couldn't really like drive them but he could actually see my mother right. nothing like nothing her pupils right. are messed up she can't even yeah she can't see nothing so um the crazy thing is like they only they got a lot of rules but there's really only like two rules there that's what my mother talked about don't do drugs and don't have kids mm-hmm. you have kids no drugs that's the quickest way to get kicked out because course kids that can see ain't no point in them being there right so my mother was there for probably like two years and they had me okay and they had to they had to dip out right because she got pregnant yeah 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 and it's crazy because you know i learned later on that uh you know they walked in the room and they was like you know you ain't gotta have this you ain't gotta like this your life is set up you can stay for the rest of your life you gotta have this baby nah like you ain't gotta have this baby like this would this baby actually would set you back in the sense to right. where you at You would have to go back home Go to Hollis And kind of live that whole life And my mother Made Said she didn't, she didn't hesitate Right You know what I'm saying To keep me so Really man It kind of just You know It really boils down My purpose In this life is, Right Is man I feel like I'm on borrowed time Yeah I really feel like I'm on borrowed time Like I'm 28 years old Like to be here Still Man I wasn't even supposed to be here You know right. what I'm saying Definitely So, so Yeah man, How did that um, How did that make you feel Like Growing up Without your father man Man, you know when you you don't miss something you don't you don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I didn't know what it was like. So with my mother being blind, my grandmother, God God rest her soul, um, she pretty much was like, 
you know, oh, she pretty much was like uh, both sets in a sense because she was like, you know, she could see, so she would take me to school. She was right. at the parentage conferences. She was right. at all that good stuff. And like, I would say this, like, let me put this in perspective. So like, I probably, <clears throat> so my, my father passed away <clears throat> in 2017. And it was kind of, it's crazy because it's kind of around that third year anniversary. I think he passed away on like on the 9th or the 10th. Mm-hmm. And today's like the 12th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, it's been almost exactly three years when he passed away. Now, now hold on, hold on, not to stop you because I want to go back to what you're saying now. But I didn't know your father passed away. Yeah. But for you, was that like, I mean, how did that feel knowing that you didn't have any kind of relationship with him? I mean, was it, yeah. did you feel like, you know, it was like a stranger, you yeah. know, because like, you know what I'm saying, the feelings. Like, yeah. you know, when someone, of course, when someone passed away, of course you're crying, you're going through all these emotions mm-hmm. because you had that, that the kind of relationship, that bond with him. Mm-hmm. So for you, with you not actually knowing him, how did that make you feel? Well, uh, I mean, I was hurt about it because like, 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 um, uh, like I was saying, like uh, he passed away when I was 25. Never met him. Right. I probably talked to him 60 times in my whole life. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you know what I'm saying. You think about it, you know you in your relationship with your dad. You know you probably talked to him maybe say I don't know like growing up. Just say as a kid, you talk to your dad every day or like every other day. Like just people who you know how they fall in their life. Yeah. 60 right. times. Yeah. Is nothing. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him 60 times. In 25 years I mean but how was that conversation Was that conversation like Man it was hey, like are you are you ever gonna see me Like can I meet you I mean I mean as a kid You know what I'm saying Like my mom She really was real like I don't know How do I explain it She was really like so Like in love with this man So she would always have A lot of excuses for him Really It's kind of how I took it So I really didn't know The, the real Of the situation Until I got a little older Whenever like I would mention him To my, to my grandmother My grandmother was always like Oh whatever <laughs> like whatever, I ain't trying to hear about that nigga, bro. Right, Cause right. she already, she kind of knew so what it grandma was. Grandma ain't got the excuses, but mama got. Yeah, nah, grandma ain't trying to go like. Okay. Grandma was like, "Don't come to me with that." Like, fuck you, all that. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Fuck all that. Yeah, yeah. Mama was like, "Yeah, she's still in love with him," so she didn't understand. You know, I would talk to him. I remember before my grandmother passed on my my, my dad's side. I used to talk to her a lot. I talked to her more than my my, my dad. Mm-hmm. She would send me toys and write me and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I still got some of them letters, but uh, she uh. I was like wrong with that She uh, I talked to my grandmother a lot But he was uh, He wasn't He was real like Weird about it I don't really know Because like, I'll say this I was 12 out of 14 So Pops yeah, was out there kids Yeah Pops was out there Like he was He was getting to it Thank everybody Yeah yeah For okay. sure For sure So he was getting to it So He was real like Kind of like You just You just uh, You know what I'm saying You just yeah. another kid Like yeah. at this point so like I remember him telling me I think I was like ten, maybe like nine. I used to, I was trying to tell him what I wanted for Christmas. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm Muslim. Like, I don't celebrate Christmas. Hence, that's where Rockman comes from because Rockman is Muslim. Right. But he kind of like he didn't become Muslim until he was grown. So he kind of like leaned into that. Like right, I ain't right. got to buy y'all nothing because I don't celebrate no holidays. Right. So I was, that that kind of threw me off. That was the first time I realized like man, this nigga's on some bullshit. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But my yeah. mom was like, no, nah, no, nah, he really Muslim. Like he really into that. That's where I got the name from. I'm like man, I ain't trying to. So it, I think I might have been like I said nine or ten, and I was like man, I, I'm cool on you. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm cool. Like my mama would make me talk to him when he would call. Mm-hmm. Or like when she would call him Because that's more or less How I talked to him My mama would call him And she would kind of Have a conversation with him 
And then she was like, oh, yeah, your son over here. Like, you want to talk to your son? Yeah, yeah, all, we all talk to him. A little four or five minute conversation. How you doing? How's your grades? This, this, and that. All right, bet. I'm about to go play. I ain't got time for that. So you were in the Hollis where you were having this conversation with him, and he was in Brooklyn. New York. Yeah, he was in uh, uh, Rochester, Rock- New York. Okay, yeah. okay, New York. Okay. So you, you, he said, hey, how many kids do you have? You said 10? I was 12 out of 14. Okay. So you got brothers and sisters yeah. that you've never even met before. Never met. I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of them. Like this one of my brothers, my brother Kelvin, uh, I talked to him probably, I want to say at least once a month. And where's he? Where's He's he in Rochester too. Okay. Yeah. He's up in New York. Never met him yet. Never met him. all my brothers and sisters up there in either in New York or Canada because they're kind of close, close by. Now I think he got another. I got another brother in North Carolina because I don't know how that happened, but yeah, they either North Carolina or in uh, New York and Canada, and then I'm the only one in Oklahoma. So. But you were speaking on. Um, your grandmother being there to take on that heavier load since your mom wasn't yeah. able to right. due to her disability. Right. So how was that? How she influenced you in, in your life as well? Man, my grandmother, man, God bless her soul, Willie Lou. You know, she was uh, she was everything, man. My grandmother was like, I, I mean, she just took on so much. Like, like she had, uh, I want to, I can't, uh, maybe eight kids, seven, eight kids. I can't think off the top of my head. And so many grandkids, and she was like the matriarch. Like everything came ran through her. Like mm-hmm. everybody was, you know, it, she was just the the, the epitome. She was a, a glue. Yeah. yeah, she was. The, yeah, she was Mrs. Bird. Like she was. She was that man, <laughs> and everybody was just like she was amazing, man. She she really she was the most patient, kind. Just everything, just kind of. She was just everything, man. Yeah. She was the glue. Yeah, so she was real. Uh, protective over me you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying because of that situation you know at hand mm-hmm. and she was real like influential and everything I used to like want to impress her you know what I'm saying like I wanted my life I wanted her to smile yeah. whenever she see me I didn't want her to because she had so much going on I didn't yeah. want to be a burden right at all so you use that strength to kind of make sure whatever you did in your life to make sure she was proud of you Absolutely. whatever you did mm-hmm. and my mom too my mom too like I, I don't I don't hold nothing against my mom just because she's blind like she was there too mm-hmm. she was there every day you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um I don't hold her disability against her at all like I love my mother like she she was there but um I just hold them you know they both you know 1A and 1B you know right. what I'm saying they, they, they go they, hand in hand yeah they go hand in hand for sure so I failed to mention um I'm speaking to someone who's went to state and high school yeah. in track yeah and also won nationals in track yeah in college yeah at obu obu if i'm a baptist yeah okay so what, what did you run uh 400 and 800 800 was my was my main event but uh 400 800. i always man i don't really mention it a lot because i'm just like a i mean i live humbly man I don't, yeah, I don't, we're gonna mention it today let's talk about <laughs> it mm-hmm. let's talk about it mm-hmm. man yeah, yeah. How, so how, how was that feeling for you man i know i mean you know you won nationals in college i mean i yeah. know that had to be a great feeling right man that's, it was one of the best feelings i ever felt man it really was i'm a, I'm a Five-time All-American, two-time national champ. Talk that talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I got a couple of rings, and you know, I've been on the podium a few times, man. And it, it, you know, to win it amongst, you know, there was probably two or three thousand people there, right? Uh, running, not you know the crowd or anything, but like, yeah, that. And going to state, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a, it's a big thing too, man. Because coming from a small town, you know, even though we was two A, like people didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you just did your sports and that was it. Like, you playoffs, what's that? Like, mm-hmm. extra, what's that? Like, we still running in May? Like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Nah, right. we don't do that. So, like, I was immortalized in Hollis. Yeah. Literally. Like, yeah. immortalized because of that. Because 
And it's crazy because I I almost I almost get mad when I think about it because I'm like, you know, I knew I was great a long time ago, but mm-hmm. y'all couldn't give me my greatness until I until I became a national champion. Sure until much. I came down with the rings. And I remember sport. knowing I was gonna do it. I knew mm-hmm. that I was gonna be great. And I remember saying, you know, when I get the rings or whenever I, I go where I need to go, I'm gonna I'm I'm come back and I'm gonna stunt. <laughs> On yeah. everything I love, I'm gonna come back and I'm stunt. But when I got that first ring, I won my first ring when I was 19. And uh, I didn't even feel the need to. Right. It I feel like it. it ain't worth it. Yeah. It ain't worth it. Like, I'm already, like, <laughs> I, I, I live and die. I, I love this like, quote uh, from Lil Wayne. You know, I'm, I'm already a legend if I ever leave. That's kind of how I felt at 19. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm already a legend. Like, but, but sometimes you need that fuel mm-hmm. of that uh, somewhat quote unquote hate oh. to help catapult you. Oh, to yeah. To do better and do better. Absolutely, man. You I need that. I'll get into it. Like, I remember my freshman year, I was running track, and the coach was like, yo, we about to do these uh, handoffs. Y'all go line up and do these handoffs, and, uh, you know, uh, we're getting ready for the track meet on, on Friday. It was like a Tuesday or something, and I was getting ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And one of the dudes, I was a freshman, right? This is before I got fast or anything. Dude, I remember, I, I ain't gonna say his name, but I remember we went over there, and we was uh, getting ready. He was like, what you doing? I was like, I'm about to do the relays. Coach said, he said, no, nah, this is for the fast people. And I got like, nah, what you mean? Like, nah, this is for the fast people. Like, right. nah, you ain't over here. Like, nah, you you trash, basically, what he's saying. Right, right. Bro, I remember getting on one knee and I was pounding on the ground. Like, this motherfucker got me fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I will own that relay before I leave. Mm-hmm. Before, I, I promise you, I own that relay before I leave. Yeah. And, I mean, went to state the next year. And then then placed my, my junior year. And then, and, and then senior year it was a foregone conclusion like right. I was one of the top five athletes to ever come out of that town that's strong to ever come out of that town man and like I just man <laughs> going it's hard man you got me going back into that state of mind that I had to get into it was a dark state of mind that I had to get into because I was alone bro it was just me mm-hmm. just having it uh, I remember them late nights bro them late nights uh, I remember this is how I would do it I think I was going into my senior year and uh, I would run at late at night. So I would kick it with everybody. We play basketball. We hang out, go swimming, talk to girls. We chilling. Okay, bet nine o'clock. We going. We all go home. All right, we see you later. This is in the summertime, right? So at about eleven thirty, I go put on my my running shoes, and I would go outside, and I would run sprints until about for about an hour and a half. Like nobody knew. It's after, just me. after you done partying. After all that, after I'm not still kicking, gonna get that yeah, work in. Yeah, I'm like 16. Okay. And I didn't really know exactly what I was doing at the time, but I knew that nobody else was doing it. Everybody else was asleep. People don't see that though. They don't see that, and I, and it's crazy me saying that. Probably a lot of people that grew up with me didn't don't even know that. Had no clue that that's what I was doing in the summer times, and I don't even think it was the act of doing it that's what made me fast. I think it was just me getting up and doing it. Is what what the mental state that it put me in. Like I remember and losing count. Probably yeah. a doubt helped you as well. Absolutely, I remember losing count after twenty five sprints down that str- down the street. I always say Hollis made me, and what I meant by Hollis, like I said earlier, I lived on Manning Street in Hollis, and I would run on Hollis, but it wasn't like I did it on purpose. It's just because Hollis Street was smoother street than Manning Street. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's mm-hmm. really was it. I would just run sprints late at night, sweating. You know what I'm saying? It's one o'clock in the morning. I would come back in the house. My grandma looking at me like, "Where you been? Like, what what's you been? Do- you? What's, what's wrong with you?" No, like I, I just knew, like, it, it, like I was being slept on, in a sense, and that was my time. Right. 
by myself. You know what I'm saying? That was kind of like it was very therapeutic for me too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like being in that being in a circumstance. Like, bro, I didn't really have a lot. Like when I was younger, I didn't really have a big vision of what I wanted to do. I used to look out them dirt on them dirt roads and say, I know there's more. You can't tell me there ain't more out there. Yeah, I promise I know there's more out there. Right. My only goal was to get out of Hollis, bro. That was it. It wasn't like to be this rich, crazy. Like I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't had these crazy dreams and ask, bro, how the fuck do I get out of Hollis? Yeah. That was it. It's gotta be more than this. It's gotta be more than this. It has to be. This bu- this is bullshit. It's gotta <laughs> right. be more than this. Gotta be more than gotta this. Gotta be more than this. I, I can't do this. So that's really what it that's really what that's drove what fueled me. You. That's what fueled me. And you know, not having a, not having nobody there. When I had no pops sitting there timing me while I'm running those sprints. Right. My mother can't see. Right. So it's just me. My grandmother old. She in her sixties, seventies. Right. It's just me. Trying to figure it out. Man. Everybody everybody don't know that though. But they gonna know now. <laughs> they gonna know now. Man, they knew then, man. When I when I became a mess, I just like when people say, Man, who would have knew? I knew. Yeah. That's what I said. Who would have ever I remember somebody saying that one time. Who would have ever knew? I said, me, I knew. Cause I remember what I used to do. I remember running to Cooper's Hill, man. People in Hollis know what Cooper's Hill is. I remember running to Cooper's Hill back and forth. That's two miles. That's that's about three miles from my house. I would do that back and forth and time myself and uh, try to beat the times every time. So it was just, man, yeah, yeah. You about to get me pissed yeah, off yeah, thinking yeah. about that. Sorry, man. Pissed off hey, thinking about this, that, man, because they had me fucked up, bro. They really did <laughs> have me fucked up. Like they really was, they really slept on me, bro. And and I knew I was getting out regardless. Like if it was hooping. If it was a basketball, I mean, if it was a football, if it was track, like, I was getting the fuck out. I promise you I was getting out. Right. I had to set up. I remember my, my my sophomore year, I mean, my junior year, I got uh, two scholarships or two, like, uh, visits, basically, or uh, invitations to go visit uh, some schools down in Texas for basketball. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I didn't take it was because they were junior colleges. And at the time, I'm like, man, I ain't trying to go to no fucking junior college. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to four year it. Fuck that. But looking back, I'm like, damn, there was some good junior colleges. I could have went there and then went D1 and went, went that whole thing. But right. at the time, I didn't know that. I'm from Hollis, bro. Like, I'm just trying to get the fuck up out of here. Yeah, definitely. So that's what it was. So when you uh when you won nationals, where where were you at? Where did that take place at? Uh, we were in Ohio. Indoor. I won indoor nationals. Was the first one I won. We were in Ohio. Uh, I forget the little town it was in. It was close to uh, Columbus, though. So did you have any of your family members there? No. So. For any of the the awards that you won, was any of your family there? In state, my sister and them pulled up because it was in it was in Mustang. So was your sister? My brother was there. My brother, my brother. Everything. I'm gonna tell you, say this though. My brother, anything that happened in Oklahoma, my brother, my brother was there. I give him that. Who's he that? was there. Yeah, Calvin was there. Anything that happened in Oklahoma, he yeah. was there for sure. But you know, nationals. When I won nationals, uh, when I went to nationals, uh, the first time I went to nationals, to me that was. To me, that was my biggest accomplishment. My, my freshman year when I went yeah, to nationals, yeah, definitely. that was my biggest accomplishment. That was in, uh, it was right outside of Indianapolis, uh, a, a town of Indiana. About 16-hour trip. Right. And I was there, yeah. No, nobody, none of my family was there. No, no. So for state, um, was your mother there as well? No, she didn't go. Okay. My grandmother pulled up. Okay, grandma was there. Yeah. So what's crazy to me is, man, um, I know you mentioned earlier that your mother as a is blind right but i never knew that your mother has never seen you never she was blind at 88 i was more than 91 wow yeah yeah she never she never laid eyes on me man but uh you know it's just circumstances you know like i'm just 
And then I'm grateful that she she didn't give me up too. You know what I'm saying? Right. Regardless of like knowing that she may not ever see me, but she was just like she loved me enough to say, "Yeah, I'ma have this baby." That's deep, man. That's deep. I was gonna ask you. Um, so something special happened your junior year of college, and uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> so when you got that special, yeah, yeah, special, man. <laughs> so uh, when you got that call, man, what, what was your first? What bro, was your, like your? It wasn't even a call, bro. I was on Facebook. I lost my phone. Okay. April Fool's Day. Mm-mm. It was on April Fool's Day. Mm-mm. Every Fool's Day, okay. she uh she she hit me up and, and said, "Yo, I'm pregnant." Mm. High school sweetheart hit me up. I said I was she was pregnant. And I didn't believe it. April Fool. What you talking about? Yeah, everybody and electric. This was going yeah. This is going into my junior year. So, bro, I'm I just won nationals my sophomore year, and I'm thinking like I'm on top of the world, bro. Ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? We and me and her was broken up. Like we were done. And she hit me up April Fool's Day and yeah. said, "Yo, I'm pregnant." I had no phone. She just t- hit on the. You remember the IM messages? Yeah. yeah. She sent it on that. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. I believe that. She was serious. Dead ass. Crazy though. Well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay, man. So, so now you graduated from OBU. Let's fast forward. Mm-hmm. All right. Now you graduated from OBU. Mm-hmm. You're detailing cars with me at David Stanley Dodge, right? Trying to provide for your daughter and also yourself. Mm-hmm. Grand and, time. and at this time, you know, you also have a girlfriend you're living with. Yeah. At the time, right? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit later on, you're living yeah. with a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know this may sound weird to you, maybe, but not to me. And it may not sound weird, weird to you. What did working at David Stanley in a, a way, what, how, did that, how did that set you up for? Who you are today, man? David Stanley, bro, was one of the first jobs that you just kind of like. <laughs> you learn like how this world works, or like how the the job force works. You remember, like, we got paid by the car. A lot of people didn't know that even though we got paid on paper ten dollars an hour, yeah, we weren't getting paid unless we washed a car until we it don't completed matter. the car. Yeah, and it don't matter if you you could be up there all damn day. If you ain't washed one car, you ain't making no money. No money at all. So you really got to learn how to get in that hustler's mentality. Man. Go ahead, speak on the rock. Go ahead. Man, David Stanley, bro, I remember, man, like, I had a goal, like, when I went into it, and I learned that it's by, oh, it's by car? Okay, yeah, I can do seven, eight cars and get to it, you know what I'm saying? But when you, you really get into it, you realize, like, oh, I'm competing against you, I'm competing against you, I'm competing against you. You, mm-hmm. this, you know, it's, a, it's many, it's a lot of car. David Stanley is one of the biggest dealerships in Oklahoma City, but like, it was a grind time. You know what I'm saying? You really learned a lot about yourself. You really, you really learned a lot about what you, what you, what you, like, what you was willing to do <laughs> to really get to it. Like, all the word, all that talking, yeah, that sound good, <laughs> but until you really, until you really get and watch them cars, and then it was times where you had to wash them over and over again. You remember how, you know, Sammy would come through there and be like, no, nah, I need y'all to wipe this down again. No, nah. you know what I'm saying? So, like, you, you, you come in with a plan, like, okay, I'm going to get this many cars. I'm, I'm going to do this. Because you remember it was by hours. Like, we would do cars at 3.5s or one hours or two hours. And that's how we got paid. And uh, you were trying to complete the car and make sure it was good. Because you could you could do a whole 3.5 and then they come back and say, this is bad. And they ain't going to pay you for it. Now, now, explain to people that don't know what the hell that is. What is a 3.5? A 3.5 is three and a half hours. It's supposed to take you three and a half hours to do the car. Uh, 
we get paid ten dollars an hour, so technically that's about thirty five dollars an hour. Thirty five dollars so, a car. So why is it thirty five dollars? Why is thirty five dollars? I really don't know why it's thirty. That's just what that was our kid. <laughs> that was our portion. Well, most of the time, and most of the time, it's either a thirty five dollar car because it's a trade in. Oh yeah, it's a trade in. Because it's hella nasty. It's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> that's disgusting. why it's supposed to take you three hours. Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. It's a full detail. Yes, yeah, it's full. That's what they call a full detail. Mm-hmm. A one hour is normally like a, a washing back. <clears> you know. Uh, and then you had like your point sevens, those are the PDIs, those are brand new cars. They were like literally brand new right off the truck. So they was they weren't supposed to take no point. This is so the way they do it is three point that's how long it's supposed to take you. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if it took you three and a half hours to do one car, it was all bad. Yeah, you losing time. <laughs> it's all bad. You, you know what I'm saying? Time. So really you trying to do a three five in a sh- man, if you can do it in an hour, hour and a half at the most, that's that was the goal. That was really the goal. So that that job really set up that grind mentality for really for for everything, man. Because you know, uh, as uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, you 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 you, you get paid by the uh, by the project, and that's kind of what that that whole setup was for. I remember getting back into, I mean, being back in David Stanley, just wishing I got paid by the hour, but not realizing like I'm losing money by getting paid by the hour. You know what I'm saying? So. It, it was a crazy, it was a crazy dichotomy that that uh, David Stanley brought upon us. Yeah, definitely, man. So <clears throat> eventually, you left the detail shop, right? And then you landed a gig for the post office, right? No, I went to Hertz first. Right, you went to Hertz. I went to Hertz, and then you went to the post office. Post office, right? yeah. Okay, post office, from there, yeah. All right. Well, while you're working at the post post office, you also were able to gain your real estate license. Right, got my real estate license. In, uh, twenty sixteen. I was twenty. I was twenty five when I got my real estate license. Uh. It took me six months, bro. <laughs> it took me six months. This course ain't supposed to take you that long, but I was working 60 hours at the post office. I had a family. It was, yeah, it was it was tough, bro. Got my real estate license, and, uh, yeah, 60 hours at the post office. Post office was a grind, too. Yeah. That was a different grind. I remember I used to call you here, the dogs barking in the background. Boy, <laughs> it was real, too. <laughs> yeah, Got really, chased by so many dogs. Yeah, like, yeah, you really out there in the streets, for real. Yeah, you in the streets. Race, sleet, or snow. The mail must go. That's what they would say. But uh, it was grind, bro. But the post office, man, honestly, was a real good job. I mean, I got paid. I got paid when I before I left. I was getting paid twenty four dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got overtime, and a good thing about that job is you got paid overtime for any time over eight hours. So say on Monday, you you went you work nine hours, and then the rest of the week you only work eight. You guys still got an hour overtime. It wasn't forty, and then we get uh, right. Yeah, okay. it was. That day, on that day, you you an hourly rate. So it's a good government job, good benefits, good setup. Like all you gotta do is show up. Right. So that by this time, um, let's take the people into you living in Sycamore Farms, mm. and so uh, mm. we living out there on the north side of uh, OKC. Mm. So I remember uh, before you left David Stanley, and before you moved to Sycamore, mm-hmm. you said the girlfriend at the time told you. So what exactly did she tell you before you for you for you to say for you to think in your mind? Okay, it's time for me to stop playing around with this girl and go and marry this girl. I remember it was it was a time about, limit. You talking about the pops? You talking about what the pops told me? If somebody told you something, hey, pops said uh, I she told me I can't meet her pops until I have a slab. Is that what you talking about? She told you that, and then she also said something about we can't continue this. Mm. I thought you said something about a long time ago. She we can't continue living together. You coming on to me every day like this? Yeah. If we ain't married, yeah. So yeah. how how did you? I mean, yeah. did you know like this is the one? This is what I want to do. Mm. Yeah, bro. I mean, the first four months of us dating, bro, I knew she was the one. To be to be 
with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I just knew, I just knew it was a timing thing. And it's crazy going back to that story about my my uh, my baby mother telling me about my daughter on April first. Mm-hmm. My ex was the first person I told about it. Like mm-hmm. she was there whenever I found out about my daughter. Uh, about my daughter, she was the first person I told. Like right. before my mom, for anybody, else. it was kind of ironic that right. we ended up together. But yeah, she was. She had a. Uh, she definitely had a, her standards that she was like, yeah, I need, this is what I require. <laughs> and it's crazy, yes, yeah, I remember she told me, I remember I didn't have no car or nothing, and uh, she told me, like, yeah, you can't meet my pops until you got a slab. And I was like, what? Like, I got this, this going? She said, yeah, I understand what you got going, but he's, uh, he Filipino, he ain't gonna understand none of that. So, <laughs> I need you to get a, I need you to get a slab before you even go over there and meet him and Bro, she told me that in like May. I had a slab in June. Like I was like, yeah, I ain't playing. You know right, what I'm right. saying? I was on my brother. My brother, you know, he was at the car dealership. I was on him. Like, bro, I need to get this slab. You playing, bro? <laughs> you playing? Right. I need to get this slab. Cause man. he tripping. Yeah, she. Tri- I need to get the slab, bro. You playing? So that's 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 how they went about. It. So um, let's fast forward to 2015. Mm. All right. Eventually, he got this slab. For people who don't know what a slab is, a that is a car. That is a vehicle. <laughs> he had to get a vehicle. Yeah. For his his girlfriend at the time to take him serious. Mm-hmm. So he got that. Eventually, they moved in together. The maximum. Uh, eventually, he proposed. And now, mm-hmm. 2015, Rockman is a married man. Married man, man. Everything's good. All is well, brother. Like we- how, how how does that feel, man? Because like I said, you you didn't grow up in that that double parent household where you Hell you know no. what I'm saying you know your uh, your mom and dad by one person and you know you married and you know you didn't grow up around that so man. so how does that feel for you now like I said you got it all you got your child there with you you got mm-hmm. your wife there with you you got a nice house mm-hmm. yeah. you married right right you made it how, so how, how's it feel yeah like I said like 2015 man we was we was at Sycamore you know what I'm saying Sycamore is a you know a nicer apartment it ain't like super luxury but it's a nicer apartment right um and we are uh it seemed right, bro. It just seemed everything was just lining up, man. I felt at peace, bro. Like I got she, her, she's she, right there. That's she, huge. yeah, mm-hmm. she was there, bro. Like she was with me when I was shooting in the gym, bro. She was with me. We got together when I was uh into my senior year. That's a bar. She got to. She was really, yeah. She was really there. Like she was there when when she was rough, man. Like my daughter, when she came around, when my daughter was like one. And she was there when, you know, the whole baby mama drama. She was there when I graduated. She was there through every transition. Like, she was there. Mm-hmm. So, to give her or be able to establish that was 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 everything, bro. Like, and to have my daughter, I always would say this. I always felt completely at peace when they were both around. Mm-hmm. Like, always. And it always would feel weird whenever one of them was not around. Like, when my daughter would go back to her mom's house, I always felt like, you know, half full. Mm-hmm. So, in 2015, man, I was just, I didn't really have a plan or anything set in stone. I just knew that um, I wanted to to provide for my family, bro. Like, my, my main mission in life was to provide and protect. Mm-hmm. That was it. Cause I remember at a point in time, you were, you told her to take a step back and she could focus on her career. Yeah, bro. And you were working all hours, paying majority of the bills. You know. Yeah, yeah, paying majority of the bills, bro. Um, you know, I was doing real estate too at the same time. Like I was trying to get that off the ground. I was selling a few houses, man. That was extra. Like I made, you know, extra fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on top of my my salary, and it helped. You know what I'm saying? And I was just grinding, bro. Just like trying to support. Yeah, yeah, six days a week. You yeah. know, six days a week. I was really working seven days a week, but six days a week at the post office. 
and then um you know every day that i could show houses and all that stuff and that was you know in real estate your first first couple of years it's a lot of like you don't know what you're doing so you showing houses to people that ain't qualified and mm-hmm. you're just doing a lot of busy work you know yeah. what i'm saying so you she had to go through a lot of that too you know but i was just locked in like this is what i want i'm gonna do whatever it takes yeah whatever it takes you know what i'm saying if you with me we gonna i'm gonna make sure we good like i know i can't necessarily control like how much money's coming in but i can control my effort right so that's what i was on bro so what changed who what, what year are we in uh, at this point so as all that's going on 2018 so three years later yeah three four years later we all is well on my end you know i'm still grinding I'm still doing what I need to do. And then, uh, shoot, man, 2018, summer of 2018 was rough. Rough. I remember she, you know, we was, uh, we was on our way to, we was on our way on, like, a family trip. And, uh, she told me she wanted a divorce. Mm. On our way, to, we was on our way, bro. We was on our, my, with my sister in Austin. And, uh, we was probably, like, a little bit past Purcell. So we ain't even all the way. You know what I'm saying? All the way out. My daughter back to sleep. And she's like, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, don't want to do this no more. I'm, 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 I, 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 yeah. I, no, this one has. I said, I, I asked her, like, man, something going on. You seem a little bothered. Something's like, something ain't right. Something so, adding up. Yeah, something I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. She said, yeah. I want a divorce. I feel like, you know, I ain't got a chance to live my life and do what I need to do. Yeah, I, 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 want, a, I want a divorce. So we talked about it the whole way down, and then we decided when we got to Austin that uh, we ain't gonna talk about it. We just have a good trip. But uh, yeah, it wasn't that good of a trip. So man, I mean, <laughs> <coughs> went to a family event, man. So she's serious. She's all the way one hundred. Like this, is what I want. But you already could kind of sense something. Yeah, I was going on before. Like yeah. this, this didn't catch you off guard completely, right? Nah, it, it wasn't like completely left field but it did catch me off guard that's, that's where she was at with. that's where she okay okay as yeah, far as that, she, that yeah. far in to say you really want a divorce like yeah, yeah I'm just, I know something's off but we going that far yeah you going that far to say not only like, let's work on some things yeah. you saying I want a divorce I want out out yeah so like uh, I seen some things like just cause I'm super observant of her like what made I'm gonna be honest with you so what made me notice it it was like maybe February or March of 2018 what made me notice it was she stopped calling me she started calling me rock she never called me rock that's what made me notice that mm-hmm. she was she usually called me like boo or baby you know whatever but she started calling me rock or mr bird she would call me refer to me as and that's what made me think like something wrong something ain't right mm-hmm. so i don't really know and she would kind of mention little stuff here and there but i was like uh you know this is just marriage woes you know just right. regular shit mm-hmm. When she said that shit in June, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like that's really where, that's where that's the conclusion you came to. Oh. Nah, I ain't with that. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's what I was on. I ain't with that. Like, nah, we good. We gonna figure this out. So man, I know that had to hurt you, man. Yeah. So how did that how did that affect you on your day to day? Knowing, I mean, y'all coming back from you said Texas. I know that had to be a long yeah. ass ride back for one. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you get back home and. I know you're probably trying to figure out, you know, hey, let's try to work this thing out. Mm-hmm. And, but let's just say uh, 
it did you know she didn't want to work things out and she really did want to go ahead and go through with the divorce so now the divorce did actually happen mm -hmm. so now you're sitting up there like damn i'm not a married man anymore mm -hmm. you know and now i feel alone you know in a way because when i had her over here and my daughter all in one household i felt complete complete bro so now you're broken broken in a bro. sense you know yeah so how how do you handle your, your your new life man your day to day knowing that now you go from marriage i mean being a married man to now you're a single man right let me let me back up a little bit though i want to minimize like the impact that was bro mm -hmm. we went from sycamore farms and we bought a house in yukon House, really nice house. We've been there, the hundred, almost two hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah, really nice house in Utah. And um, uh, like it didn't happen all at once because, like you said, we came back, and it was like July fourth. We decided we gonna she good. Like no, nah, I ain't on that. And then she reopened it again back in August, like right after my birthday. She kind of reopened that back, and it was just a long. A long cycle, bro. It was like, you know, it went from like sleeping on the couch and like all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I went from all that and I moved out in November of 2018 because, uh, and my whole thing I was was just like, I just want to do whatever that's gonna make her happy. So if not being with me was what's gonna make her happy, is that's, that's what it is. So I need to do whatever possible. That was my thought process because I was in shock. Like, I literally was, my, my, my emotions were numb. I was, I wasn't there. Like, I remember she, I mean, she said a lot, bro. She said, she said so much. And we went through like so many conversations, but uh, like I said, I was in shock. So my only thought process was like, maybe the love will overcome this situation. Right. right. So I, I tried a lot of different things, but you know, ultimately, like I just decided like, you know, if she don't want to be there, then what can I do? So, uh, yeah. you know, I moved out in November. And I remember we sat down at Red Prime, went to Red Prime in like December. So you gave the house up. Let gave the house, the house up. Yeah, yeah. I signed the house. I signed a quick claim deed because I, I was on the deed. Signed a quick claim deed. For those that don't know, it's just a. It's basically you signing off on like signing off, signing your name off of the deed, and uh, signed it off. We had furniture. We had probably like five thousand dollars worth of furniture. We came up with like a little payment plan or or, or whatever to 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 mitigate that. Mm -hmm. Like we was like, okay, this is how much we owe left. We'll just split that, basically. So walk them through this right here. Just visualize this, people. He goes from a two hundred thousand dollar house to the trash. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> you go from that. Yeah. Now you living where? On the east side, uh, about about four blocks from OU Medical. So I'm, I'm in between Martin Luther King and Kelly. You in the heart of the East. Heart of the East. And yeah. it was a nice apartment. You've been there. It was, it was, it was a decent nice. little apartment. Right. A little, little one bedroom. Nothing too crazy, but it right. wood floors, granite countertops. But he went from living in a $200,000 house. Bro, the house was smaller than my garage. Three car, we had three car garage, smaller than my garage. Mm -hmm. I used to walk up and down that, that, in that, I used to walk from my bedroom to the living room, like multiple times saying, what the fuck? How the fuck did I get here? Like I know for I, a while you didn't you didn't even have a bed. I have a bed for two weeks, bro. I didn't have a bed. I was on the air mattress. On the air mattress, bro. I went from a. I, I remember it's that night that uh that I got there. I remember, bro. I was sitting there like I was grateful though. For one, I was thinking God that I could have been in my slab. Thank God I had the money to be able to move like that. But I remember saying like I went from a king size bed to the floor within a week. You know, and it was my pride too because 
I, like I said, I wanted to give her everything that she wanted. I felt like she didn't want me to be there, or she didn't want us to be there, or let me help you with that. Right. Let me let me just move out. Because I don't, don't want to move you out. It'd be easier if I moved out. Right. So that's just kind of where it was at. Like, I mean, within a week, bro, it was wicked. <laughs> it was dark times, man. And also, um, it affect, affected you financially. What? Yeah, bro. Like, I went through I went through a slump because of, like, yeah, I, yeah, it was a lot of money on the line. Like, I had to pay a lot to just make that move. And, you know, it was just different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, start over. All the way over, bro. I had nothing. Like, I left with the clothes on my back. So, once you live, once you, you're living on the east side now. So, like I said, your day to day. I know you, I know how it is, man. I know how it was for me when I, I've I never been married, but I know how it was for me. And I remember we talked about this on the phone. And I could relate to how you was feeling because I know how it was for me when I had my first girlfriend and I was in love with her. And we broke up. And boy, boy, if anybody's listening and they know that feeling when you got your first love and, you, and y'all break up, I'm trying to tell you that Drake Take Care album. Boy, don't turn it on. Stay away from that album right there. If you if you if, if your heart's been broken, stay away from that album right there. Yeah. That album right there, everything Drake says in that album, I promise you, is exactly my that was my feelings to the T. So I already knew like the feelings he was going through because I like I I've been married, but just having my heart broken, I know that feeling. Yeah. And it just that shit has you so down and out, it don't make no sense. Bro, I wasn't eating. I remember eating. Hot tamales and uh, uh, Kickstart, bro. <laughs> bro, like I was, I was, man, I went down like to 150 something pounds, bro. I was just out bad. I wasn't getting my hair cut. I wasn't doing none of that, bro. I was yeah. just, I was just in that bitch. I was going to uh, work. It is one of the main reasons I moved there because it was like, like five minutes from my job. But I would just literally go to work and come home and just be turn the lights off and just listen to the weekend. <laughs> listen to the weekend for hours, bro. He's being in the dark. In the dark, listening to the weekend, listening to uh, Sade, listening to Janae Aiko, just in that bitch, just struggling, bro, crying. Oh man, I was crying so hard. <laughs> oh man, that was some dark times, bro. I was just like, damn, how did I get here? You know, like shit. So if there's one thing you can take from uh, your marriage experience. What would it be, man? Nothing's permanent. Ain't nothing permanent, bro. Um, like I say, man, I, I don't fault her for none of that. Like, I think looking back on it, like, it, it was just things that she was going through and it had nothing to do with me. And it was something that she had to go through. I was just a casualty. Me and her talking about this before, you know. I was just a casualty of what, what had to happen. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, you know, it, it would happen to anybody that was in that position. I just happened to be in that position. So right. I don't think it had nothing to do with me, but, you know, I I still went through it. You know what I'm saying? I was still a husband. I was, I wanted to be there right. while she was going through it. But, like, I just, she had to go through some things that I just couldn't be there for. I couldn't be part of her journey as right. she went through it. So, yeah, man, <laughs> it, yeah, it changed a lot, man. It changed me a lot. It changed me a lot. So, yeah. understand this, people. Um. Well, first of all, Rock, I know you love reading. Absolutely, yeah. Love reading books. Yeah. So, what what are some of your all time favorites, man? My all time favorite book is "Ego Is the Enemy" by Ryan Holiday. Back in 2016, bro, I read 51 books. 
it's kind of what kind of like helped therapeutic for you yeah therapeutic yeah. but it was like helped propel me to be the man that I am now yeah definitely but Ego is Emmy's one of my favorite books uh, Obstacle Obstacle is a way by the same author that's a, that's a really good book uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, The Richest Man of Babylon uh, I mean there's so many I've read so many even this even 2019 I read like 32 books or something like that I just love reading ain't nothing wrong with it yeah man I, it's not even about love reading it's just uh, it helped me you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah, yeah. Mentally, like it was one of those mental things. Like I didn't take it seriously in college and stuff. And then once I became grown and realized, like this is the stuff I need, mm-hmm. like I took it seriously. So understand this, uh, everyone. Rock was one of the first friends that I know firsthand decided to take that leap of faith. Oh me. Like I'm talking about. Right of course, you, of course, you know. Everyone, he's working at the post office. I mean, Rock, just walk us through this. You're working at the post office, man. Mm-hmm. You got a guaranteed paycheck mm-hmm. every two weeks. Every two weeks. Uh, you got a retirement plan set up, 40 hours a week guaranteed. You're making 70 plus thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And you leave all that to go full-time real estate. <laughs> you leave everything behind. I'm talking about you don't know what's going to take place. The only thing you know is, you know what, I'm going to take, take this leap. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are scared talk about it to take that kind of leap man because it's scary because you can't see the end of the road mm-hmm. a lot of some like a lot of jobs like this these government jobs they have a plan for you yeah you know sure. everything is mapped out but now you betting on yourself mm-hmm. like you had before when you when he was running track and everyone doubted you yep. so now you're taking your like i said you betting on yourself so man walk us through like <laughs> how that worked out for you man. man and and also do you have any regrets uh that's that's good that's a good question um yeah 20 uh, 2018 uh, february 28th bro that's my last day carrying mail i carried mail for four years almost five years and yeah i decided to leave it all to pursue a career in real estate full-time I think it was just me thinking, you know, uh, I've always overcame, so what's this? Why not another right. challenge? Right. I wanted another challenge. I was bored. The monotony, the day-to-day, carrying mail, going home, carrying mail, going home, carrying mail, going home. I, was, I wanted more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. So that's more or less what it was. Like, I wanted to challenge myself. I had been doing real estate haphazardly, you know what I'm saying, making fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 on the side of the, you know, the $60,000, $70,000 salary. So it was good money, but I was like, man, if I can do that on the side, imagine what I would do if I put all my all into it. Mm-hmm. So, man, fuck it. I'm gone. I'm single now. You know, all I got to do is worry about my daughter. Let me just let me just hold it down. And that's what I did. I put my two weeks in without a hesitation. I didn't even hesitate. I remember you called me and told me. Yeah, I didn't even hesitate, man. There's so many people that, like, I told, I remember you were one of the first people I told, but it was a lot of other people that I told. I remember talking to your pops about it. He was like, no, nah, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of people, man. My mom was like, hold up, bro. Like, let's think about this first. You got benefits? And I'm like, no, nah, I ain't thinking about none of that. You got to think about the, the time frame, though, back in the day, man. Yeah. My moms and pops, they thinking you were one job. 30 40 hours I mean for 30 or 40 years yeah. you stay at this one job they gonna give you retirement don't you leave right but now for us it's different I mean you can get paid off 
literally people are getting paid off playing video games streaming video games and get paid off video games you can you can i seen somebody getting paid off youtube having pillow fights in the mall wow and just people viewing it and they yeah. just like to see crazy like that yeah. so i i can understand your thought process but you know yeah. sometimes mom pops and they don't they don't understand that none of that they're like what you making more money than you know what I'm saying like my salary was probably like double what my grandmother used to make yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying triple yeah, almost for sure so yeah I, I took that leap I was like man if I could do that I can do this you know what I'm saying so I went full time in real estate and was it hard oh my god I got a rude understatement. awakening understatement I got a rude awakening you know you under this corporate structure for however many years even school is like a corporate structure because it's a schedule like mm. you kind of know what you're going to do but as an entrepreneur you don't have a set schedule you don't have a set set of uh, tasks you just do what needs to be done and hope that it's the right things mm-hmm. so very quickly I learned that uh, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't quite as uh, <laughs> I wasn't quite as um What's the word? What's the word? Like, uh, uh, organized as I thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was very disorganized. And, you know, I was, you know, newly single. I've been with, you know, my ex for six years. So, like, I was doing a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was partying a lot, drinking a lot. So, like, it was a lot of that. Like, oh, I ain't got to work tomorrow. Shoot, Tuesday <laughs> night. I'm getting drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm out here. <laughs> right. So, it was a lot of that. And then I would try to wake up and, you know, uh, make phone calls and, and it just wasn't working, bro. Yeah. And very quickly, like I caught myself in a hole. But I, I knew it. I just thought, like, ah, it's nothing. I come up out I'll of bounce back. Yeah, yeah. I'll sell a house here and yeah, there and we get to. I'll be all right. But <laughs> it's so funny because life has a so. You know, it's crazy. Life will show you what you believe in. Definitely. Life will show you what you believe in. Like, you can say, I remember just kind of going back to my situation, like saying, like, you know, I'll never get divorced. I'll never do that. I don't believe in divorce. <laughs> right. Little did you know. Little did you know, life will show you what you believe in. Divorce was in your future. It was in my future. It don't matter what you believe in. You had no control over it either. No control over it at all. Um, so, going back to, you know, leaving the post office, like, yeah, you know, I believed in myself, but life showed me, like, okay, you going to believe in yourself? How long are you going to hold on to that? How long are you gonna stand on that? So, yeah, I did that. <laughs> so, do you regret making that decision? Nah, bro, I don't have no regrets in my life. I don't regret nothing in my life. So, what do you take from um, what do you take from the situation? What do, you, what do you take from actually taking that next step and taking that leap and believing in yourself? I think that uh, in life you have to. Life is like they say all the time. Life ain't about what happens to you; it's about how you respond to it. So, man, what did you learn from actually leaving uh, the post office and taking that leap of faith, man? I know you had to learn something from this. Man, I learned a lot about myself, man. I learned a, I learned a lot about my limits. How far I could go, how far I couldn't go, what I didn't know, what I, what I did know. And, you know, I don't regret it by any means, you know. Um, I think it was, 
it was it was a big lesson, man. Cause I left a lot of money on the table, man. Like I, I think I did the math this summer, man. I remember leaving like thirty, forty thousand dollars on the table compared to what I was making as a real estate agent full time. And I just looked at it as a lesson. Like this is just a thirty, forty thousand dollar lesson, and, and I'm gonna gain, I'm gonna gain uh, a lot out of this. But you learn like what you're comfortable with, and like. Like, like I said, just going back to your limits, like how far can you really go? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would always t- tell people is like, you know, the inspirational quotes, the Instagram <laughs> memes. Yeah. That shit don't do nothing when you when when shit's on fire. Yeah. When you out here, you try to keep real estate deals together. None of that shit works. Like none of that shit matters. Like right. ain't no Nipsey quote, Nipsey uh, or or Drake bars are gonna get you through that. Right. It's just you. It's real life. It's real life. Like the only thing they can get you through is you. You gotta go into survivor mode at that point. Absolutely. And you may not even be enough. Most times you ain't enough. Right. Even praying ain't enough. Mm. You gotta pray and think that, you know, God's got me, but what if I don't get through this? <laughs> right. Bro, it was like that was a real moment in my life. Like like bro, I went from like I said, making all that good money to like I had eviction notice on my door in October. Yeah. Like they put the like they was like yeah, <laughs> October tenth we 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 found we, we we gonna go ahead and file with them boys and, and get you up out of here because you ain't your rent due. So, <laughs> like okay. it it's, was real. You making forty forty k? I mean I'm sorry I'm sorry almost seventy k. Yeah. Right. Guaranteed. Like just show up. And then you go from that to full time entrepreneur. Yeah. So the money ain't coming in. Ain't no money coming in. It's coming in, but it's not coming in. It, it's is uh. So you get an eviction notice on your door. Mm-hmm. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Like you said, I'm praying, but at the same time, I got to get up and do something. Yeah. You out here doing postmates with me? Postmates, tough. <laughs> I ain't got no, bro. I ain't one of these people that are like. You know, hide behind, you know, those like feel bad about those things. I got a college degree and, you know, I was carrying mail. And, and once that happened, I ended up having to go to Postmates, bro. Like, I don't have no, I ain't want, I'm, I'm not, like, they don't, they don't embarrass me. No, I I'm from, bro, I'm from Hollis, bro. I'm from the country. I ain't even supposed to be here. I ain't even supposed to have a degree. I'm the first male in my family to have a degree. True. So, why would I feel bad about having to, like, come in, oh, Postmates, order 142. Grab that <laughs> and slide out to <laughs> slide out to Nichols Hills. Drop this off to this little uh, teenager teenager's house and 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 going by my way and and pray for that ding to keep going. That little that ding. Yeah, I know. I you know what I'm saying? It. You 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 grinding, hoping that you're gonna make a quick little fifty sixty Man. and wake up to that hundred and twelve because the back end on the tips. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because the tips didn't come in until like two or three in the morning. Yes. And you just praying that it's good. Man, I, I know. I, I, oh, I've done that, I've done that Postmates for a weekend, man. Multiple weekends. And I'm I'm literally driving all damn all day. All fucking day, I started bro. off over here in mid-dub. And then I'm driving. I remember I ended up all the way in the very, very back of Edmond. Right. I mean, I've been driving all day long. I think I made maybe, I think I made $100 maybe. I'm going to all these different people's houses. I'm talking about it's daylight outside when I leave. Once I get back home, it's nighttime. Bro, it, 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 it's crazy that it's all comes full circle. Like, the lessons I learned at the DSD helped me in these circumstances. Because I remember going to the DSD, pulling out of, uh, going to my apartment, and my, my gas light would, would go on, like, as soon as I pulled out. So I knew when they were coming home uh, on the same amount of uh, gas I had. So 
you know, at the DSD, you had to go do side jobs, wash the, you know, salesman's cars for, for some uh, for some cash on hand to get back and go. And I remember coming back with half a tank and, and twenty dollars in my <laughs> twenty dollars in my hand and some food, going back to yeah. my girl house. Yeah, Definitely. you know, what I'm saying that that type of and you know you you know you twenty twenty two, you're not really understanding. You just that's what you had to do. So it kind of helped me, you know, going into this this grind as an entrepreneur, thinking, okay, I got twelve dollars. I got twelve dollars. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. My tank is on E. What do I do? Okay, if I put this twelve dollars in my tank, that'll give me a little bit over a quarter tank. Off a quarter tank, I can make a quick forty in post base. Definitely, I can make a quick forty, and that'll 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 get me going. So I knew, you know, I had my daughter every other weekend. So and I just knew, okay, if I can make a quick eighty, that'll get me through the weekend. <laughs> that'll get me through the weekend with my daughter because I don't want to post base with my daughter in the car, like. I want to spend time with it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to do all that while I'm there. So that was the that was the whole role. Like, let me just get through, because like real estate wasn't killing. I wasn't killing it like that. I was selling the house and I was underneath an umbrella that wasn't allowing me to make a lot of money because I was splitting with the, the dude that I was underneath. On top of I had to split with Keller Williams. Right. So I'm splitting fifty with fifty with him. Then I got to split another seventy thirty with the, with with Keller Williams. So a deal that would pay me four or five thousand dollars, I was making. Two thousand dollars off of it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I'm doing all the work, right. making the phone calls, using my gas to go show multiple houses, you know, doing that whole thing, it just to make two thousand, eighteen hundred dollars off yeah. the deal. Like, man, so if someone is, um, what is something people need to know about really pursuing being an entrepreneur full time? <laughs> but I mean, the truth, yeah, 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 man, give them the, like the, you was the truth, the ultimate ultimate real facts behind like hey man decide to go ahead and take on this full-fledged entrepreneurship leaving behind my guaranteed job like what what are the facts behind this what do people need to know man you know so the truth is about 95 percent of y'all can't do it like no matter how much you you feel like you can do it like you can't summon it out of you it, it goes back to, I mean, my early life, like people would try to summon greatness out of you. If it ain't in you, it ain't coming out of you. Right. It's not coming. So a lot of people cannot do it. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to take my failures and say like, oh, just because he failed, that don't mean like he just saying that because um, that was him. Nah, in reality, like if you so stuck on that structure, that corporate structure, you can't. I just don't know how you can do it and be sustainable. I, I don't know unless it's, I, I just, it's tough, man. So what I, what I would implore people to do is like, you have to plan and plan again and plan and keep planning. Like you have to have a full out plan in order to do this and be, and sustain yourself to, to, to create a life because I, I could have stayed and struggled, bro. But I, that just wasn't me. Like me, I don't care. Like a lot of people would be entrepreneurs just to say they're entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about none of that. I don't give a fuck about say, being an entrepreneur just to say I'm an entrepreneur. I, I'll work at a job and be good. My, my whole thing is to make sure my family's good. My legacy lives on. So whatever that looks like, that's just what it looks like. Mm-hmm. If it's working at a job, that's what it is. Right. I'm not too big on the working for the man. All that. that stuff don't, like, bro, I'm from Hollis, bro. Like, I done had a lot of shit going. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get to it. So for yeah. people, I would say, you know, what happened with me and my failures, failures was that it wasn't that I planned to fail, it's just I failed to plan. Mm-hmm. 
So I didn't plan. Just say, say that again. Say that again. It's not that I, I, I planned to fail, but I failed to plan. I didn't plan properly. I left with $3,500 in the dream. You know what I'm saying? And the whole $3,500 wasn't even in my hand. Like, it was, it was, you know what I'm saying, come to money. It was, I was about to get it. Right. So, <laughs> I would just implore people to plan and over plan, especially when you have a family, to plan and over plan. Like, you can't just jump into it and think that you're going to do this. Because I had a, uh, they call it the invincibility bias. The invincibility bias, everybody knows it. It's the, it's the oh, that won't happen to me because I'm me. Like, I'm better than that, so that won't happen to me. But real quickly, life will show you that you're not invincible. Right. Like that, what can happen to one person will happen to you too. Definitely. And you ain't no better than nobody else. Right. So right. that's what happened. Like, I felt quickly. And it was me, it was more or less just deals that busted. I had deals on the contract. I had about damn near $700,000 worth of real estate on the contract that busted all in one weekend. Damn. So I very quickly had to make moves. And I remember just being on that team that I was on, I, I looked at them and they were kind of panicking and I was just like, man, I can get a job. Fuck this, I can get a job. Yeah. Like, I ain't gotta be here. Like, I, my whole goal ain't set on like, saying I'm an entrepreneur just to be an entrepreneur. I can go back and get a job and make this shit happen another way and that's basically what I'm doing now. Right. You know what I'm saying? I went back and got a job and I left that brokerage and I'm, I'm, I'm rebuilding it. Right. And it's crazy now that I feel like I'm truly walking in my purpose now. Right. Right. Because I feel like your purpose is through the pain and patience of your passage. I like that. Your purpose is through the pain and patience of your passage. You got to go through the pain. You got to have patience as you go through your passage. That's the only way to get through your purpose. And I feel like I'm walking in my purpose now. And it was a series of events. It was the divorce. It was going through the stuff I had. went through with my baby mother. It was going through the hollis trials and tribulations it was track i mean it was everything that encompassed to this one moment all of it built up to this one moment to be able to walk in my purpose and say i'm okay with the circumstances of of my life <clears throat> i'm going to just make things happen at this point and that's what i'm doing figuring it out figuring it out i think that's important man because not only uh did you take that leap man you also you acknowledged that you failed I feel yeah. Um, but the I think the best part about it is that you learned. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you didn't fail, I mean, how do you learn? Yeah. And also just being real and saying, you know, yeah, it's it's cool to say you're an entrepreneur, you know, but being real about being transparent as far as, you know, everyone, some everyone sees that one story from that one person mm -hmm. that invested ten dollars or something, and mm -hmm. overnight he became a millionaire. Mm -hmm. But that's not the story for everyone. No. And I, I think that's real talk for what you're saying. Like, you know, even if you think you can do great things, you, I mean, it, it, I think first it starts with yourself. You got to believe in yourself regardless right. in any situation. I, and I don't, I don't knock anybody for believing in yourself because, like you say, everyone else is going to doubt you regardless. Mm -hmm. And doubt is what got you here to where you are right now. Right. And you have a purpose in your life. In your life you know what I'm saying? You have a purpose here. Right. So you're here for a reason. And for you to go through all this and still be standing, I mean, it speaks to who you are. Right. As a man, so if if someone is actually so you are still doing real estate currently, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's say someone's listening. They say, hey, you know what? I don't know this man, but if he's still if he's still selling houses, I'd like to reach out to him so I can actually actually purchase a house. So where can they find you at? 
Man, you can you can hit me up. Let me find me on social media, man. It's Rockman Bird, A-R-A-H-M-A-N-B-Y-R-D. Also, uh, on all social medias, my number is 405-765-7835. Uh, email is rbird at chamberlainrealtyllc.com. I mean, I'm, I'm easy to find. Like, just just, just reach out. I, I, I can get you, get you right. So, um, tell us about your 2020 goals, man. Do you have anything set up for yourself? Yeah, man, I, I plan on, like like I said, man, um, I got a job, man. I'm, I'm a supervisor at this place called ProPack. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's crazy uh, how this all came about, but it was just a blessing, man. I was looking for a job, and it just kind of fell in my lap. I was underqualified for it, really, mm-hmm. and um, it just all fell in my lap. But um, I'm a supervisor there. I work from, like, 6 to, like, 2.30, and then uh, it gives me time to, like, pursue real estate. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a partner. Um, my partner Anthony Brown he's a full time agent so he handles the business kind of during the business hours and then mm-hmm. we kind of just hand off whenever uh, I get off work and then on the weekends I handle you know handle all this stuff mm-hmm. so my goal is to like stay where I'm at you know build a real safety net mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying build some money up mm-hmm. and then like bring agents on underneath me and like facilitate my goals. Like I'm coming back. Like I'm not just taking this L. Oh man, okay, I went and get a job. I'm done real estate. Nah, I'm coming back. Like I don't go down that easy. Right. So I'm gonna come back with a with a plan. Right. Like a real plan. Like a solid plan. Yeah. So I want to do this for a year. Uh, uh, build this up with Anthony. We bring agents on underneath, underneath us, and we 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 really try to hit the market, man. We really want to have under. I, I really want to get out of showing houses. And kind of uh, get more into the negotiating, get into the, you know the bit the owner operator side of it, right? And uh, bring people on and like help them facilitate their dreams underneath uh, our brokerage. So that's the plan, man. That's the plan is just to really hit it hard and uh, build something big, man. I really feel like you know all this that I went through in these past three four years really just helped mold this. Cause like I said, I'm walking in my purpose, man. I really feel like I understand real estate. I understand business. I have a high business acumen now, and I feel like I can really facilitate this this dream, mm-hmm. facilitate this with, with uh, definitely with the part help help of my partner Anthony. But like that's our goal is to like build this business, like get it get it started in 2020. So that's that's definitely the main goal is to get this Alliance Real Estate up and running off the ground. Three or four agents, a transaction coordinator, some showing agents, like really build this thing. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Rockman Bird speaking his truth. Thank you for listening to Be Yourself Podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. Peace.